if you have major differences or any like item to item differences, it's just really important to remember what's important and what is trivial in the scheme of things. Hmm. Hey there, and welcome to Marriage Talks, a real authentic and relatable podcast about how to thrive in your marriage. Here you'll find helpful information shaped by a biblical worldview on all things marriage related, sex, money, parenting, and so much more. We are Michael and Elizabeth, and welcome to the show. Yes, welcome to today's episode. And before we get into it, because we have a lot to get into. Yeah, I was gonna say, I'm just telling you now it's a doozy. <laughs> yes, this fun little fact that no one but me probably cares about is that this episode has the most notes out of any episode that we've ever done. <laughs> yeah, it's sitting here. It's four pages, three pages, because we were on four, and we made it uh, size 14 so that it could <laughs> not like lay on our bed across yeah. the entire height of the tripod. Yes. Anyways, moving on past <laughs> We do want to let you know that today's episode is sponsored by the Marriage Talks Patreon page. If you haven't checked it out, we would love for you to do that. Links are in the show notes. It just gives you some extra perks and more direct contact to us. And, um, you know, if you're really enthusiastic about it, there is a tier for a hangout, like monthly hangout. So Zoom, baby. Yeah, yeah. Check it out. And um, like I said, links are in the show notes. Yeah, we also want to remind you, as always, to rate and review the podcast on your favorite podcast player. Rating takes no time at all. Five stars, thank you. <laughs> and a review. We just want to hear your heart. It really makes a difference to us. Yes, so it does. Hit us up. Tell us what uh, what the podcast has meant to you and your marriage. And and uh, yeah, that's awesome. We also read them on the show, so you yeah. could hear your review. And it's been a while, y'all, since we had one of those. So yeah. let's get another one. Love yes. it. Okay. So we are diving into politics and marriage, marriage yeah. and politics. And just a disclaimer before we start, we are not going to be spouting off our own politics yeah. at any point during this. No. That's not what this is for. I would not want to listen to that myself. <laughs> so we're not going to make an episode like that. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to do that. So if you really wanted to hear like, Ooh, who did they vote for? What do they think? We're not going to tell you that. Yeah. Because, we're not that dumb. <laughs> because when we've, in our experience, when someone approaches us, with a political question, um, it's usually very loaded and they're just looking for an argument anyway. So yeah, we are, we'll be tackling some stuff like that yeah, during this episode. Yeah, we're not gonna, we're not going to get into that. Yeah. We wanted to tackle this episode now because it's super time sensitive. Yeah. So around the time this is going out, we're having a changeover of administration and political stuff has been yeah, administration in the U.S. because we have some oh, yeah. listeners who are uh, not, who do not live who, in the, yeah, the U.S. Uh, 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 yeah. Sorry, uh, I didn't mean to get you off track. <laughs> well, I was going to say, this is not going in the episode. Note to myself. I was going to say un-Americans, but that's not right. <laughs> um, yeah, again, yeah, the, the American presidency is switching over. We're going from our 45th guy to our 46th guy. And it's like all anybody can talk about. If mm. you open up any news thing right now, there's so much going on. Some of it's very political. Some of it is somewhat political, but it all is very controversial and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So there's controversy. It's kind of on a national basis, but those types of things, they leak into our homes. Mm. Everybody, I think we kind of internalize that external bad news and constant stress of the country. That's inevitably going to come inside the home and into your marriage and relationships. 
even the way you might treat your kids. So it's super important to talk about this. We wanted to hit it up and just kind of respect the topic and kind of just equip you guys with some tools to kind of have a good conversation about your politics. And some of you might have very, very similar politics to each other. And some of y'all might come from completely different sides of the aisle, Mm. which has its own difficulties. Yeah. And the things that we'll be talking about are things that we constantly remind ourselves of in our own marriage so that we stay true to the word, what it says in the Bible about politics and just the level of authority and all that stuff. So this is not like, hey, we've got it figured out. You should too. This is... We're preaching to ourselves. This is a good word. This is a good reminder because I I personally can take very, very, very small amounts of news because it just starts to stress me out and provide a ton of unneeded anxiety. Yeah. I don't need to hear the same news story 50 million times in an hour. Like <laughs> So I, I have to be very careful about the amount that I take in, from what source I take in, reading reading and listening to everything with a grain of salt because no news source is 100% accurate. Everyone is reporting from a point of view and everybody's point of view is different and it's not God's word. So <laughs> Yeah, everybody, no matter who you are, everybody brings their own bias to the table when yes. telling stories or reporting on stuff. So it's always something to be careful about. Um, what the way we do our life in terms of this type of stuff is I can consume a lot of stuff. I'm on the news reading. I like to use a news aggregation service. So I'm not just going to one website or one paper, but I go from like all over Mm -hmm. the internet and kind of just collect what I like. And then I will try to understand what's going on and then filter it on through (laughs) Elizabeth because honestly, she's a full-time mom homeschooling the kids. It's crazy here. She doesn't a have time for the news like I do, and also I kind of want to filter in, make her aware of stuff, but not also drag her down all the time. Oh, yeah, and not stress me out. And that's not to say that like Michael says, all right, here's the important things, and here's what you need to know because that's what I said. It's just like, hey, this is kind of a big thing that's going on in the world right now. You might want to read up on this. Here's what I've learned so far. So it's not like, oh, I don't have a mind of my own and Michael tells me what to think. It's yeah. just It's more like I know I know Elizabeth really well and what kind of news is something that like if something's really horrific and stuff, I'm gonna skip that one. But Yeah. I don't Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't I, there's You don't want to go there. Yeah. My my heart and my soul grieves pretty intensely about certain things. So I have to just be careful about that sort of thing. And like, again, that's not to say that I'm completely oblivious to everything. It's just, I think we all need to know our boundaries and we all need to know what's appropriate intake and what's inappropriate intake. And that's just something that I'm constantly learning and is, I think, always evolving. Yeah. One thing that's for sure is where you spend your time and energy and focus is where your heart is. Mm, That's good. Yeah. And it's kind of a way at the bottom of our list, but if you know anybody who spends all their time reading and thinking about political stuff and just gets fired up constantly. There's some, there's some unpacking to do there that you really should be kind of praying about. Yeah. But politics has always been a divisive topic. It's almost inherent to what it is. Mm -hmm. There's almost always two political parties or more, but it seems like lately it's relationship ending. Friendships are ending. 
marriages are ending. That's just you know, parents stop talking to their kids because their kids are kids end up they're so liberal. I can't believe they they think this way. Stuff like that. Yeah, and this this is like true. Like we're not just making this stuff up. Like people have admitted to this actually happening. <laughs> yeah, you can see it all over whatever social media or just talk to five people and they'll talk about it at some point. Yeah. 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 It's I, it's very it's very saddening when you see politics completely ruining a relationship, specifically a marriage, uh, because politics is not the like ultimate governing thing over your marriage. And as of late, our society has made that the most important thing. Like the only way to be is this. The only way to be is that. You're on the right track if you think this. You're on the right track if you voted for this person. Or like one thing I've been told is so-and-so is the right way to think. It's like, oh, that's loaded, man. That's not necessarily how you want to approach that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not good. And so it's, we're kind of, we're going to kind of be pulling apart. Like where's the, where does, where do politics actually need to be in your marriage and specifically as a believer? Um, because it has a place. It most certainly has a place. Oh yeah. For sure. But I think where, where we're seeing kind of the trend of politics going and its importance is wrong. This biblically wrong. We're not just saying like, this is our opinion, like is biblically wrong. Yeah. And it's, it's something that the Bible touches on quite a few times, both in the old Testament, in the new Testament, in different areas, Paul writes letters to his, um, the churches he talks to Mm -hmm. and he tackles a lot of this. And I think most importantly, Jesus talks about this a number of times in his Mm -hmm. ministry too, Mm -hmm. because the Bible, when it was written, was written to people of that time with us, you know, in the future in mind. But these were topics that were really meaningful. These guys. Super hot too. Like these are hot politics in the day of like Jesus and Paul. That's a hot topic. Yeah. And Jesus was, was good to tackle that because these are the questions a lot of people would ask him about a lot. Yeah. So it's something that if you've got, you want to do a deeper dive, obviously, than, than we can do in 30 minutes or so, there's probably lots of books that kind of dive deeper into Jesus's ministry on and in regards to politics, but there's plenty of stuff out there. Mm -hmm. So we want to kind of talk about what exactly the Bible does say about politics. And again, like I was saying, there's a million different references. You can, you can kind of look them up and kind of get lost in the mix if you're jumping around. But specifically when I was doing some research, Titus three was a, a, a chapter that really I thought kind of held some some good information for us in regards to what we're talking about tonight. So I'm going to read the first part and then the last part of Titus 3 to kind of give you an idea of what we're talking about. So starting at verse 1, remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy towards all people. And then jumping on down to verse 9, but avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. As for a person who stirs up division after warning him once and then twice, have nothing more to do with him. Knowing that such a person is warped and sinful, he is self-condemned. 
Okay. You want to kind of give some of the background? Yeah. Um, so when we, I just want to let you guys know, when we pull in scripture, we are like digging before and after the scripture that we bring to you and like, okay, what does it actually mean in this verse? So we're not just like, you can find anything anywhere that agrees with your point of view. The hard part is when you actually take scripture and have it be in context and then like talking about it contextually because you know, you can, you can cherry pick all over the Bible and be like, yeah, well, it says this, it says that. It's like, well, you know what? That's not actually what they're talking about there. So maybe we should do some research. Yeah. Or you can, you can pit really important things against each other. Like Jesus said this. And then Paul came later and said this, this is conflicting. Yeah. Well, you need to read more, more, yeah, more of that chapter and kind of say, no, it's not. Yeah. And so when Paul was writing this letter to Titus, he was telling him to teach sound doctrine and doctrine, like doctrine that is rooted in the word. And it's kind of what he, what he's talking about. Cause prior to that in Titus two is talking about kind of the role of, um, what a, what a godly man looks like and what a godly woman looks like and how, how does that, how does that biblically look? Um, and so then he moves on to, Basically, in like your environment with submissive to rulers and authorities and people who speak evil. So like, how do you practice sound doctrine and be a, you know, a good believer in that type of environment? And so when Paul is saying to be submissive to rulers, he means, yes, we are under governmental authority. Um, but, but what we need to understand is that we are not to place our faith in that. And we are certainly not to put governmental authority above our faith. Um, but what that doesn't mean, let's just put a disclaimer out there. But what that doesn't mean is that you can't just like wake up one morning and said, oh, God told me I should steal my neighbor's lawnmower because I really needed one and God wants me to be happy. So I'm going to go do it. Like, uh, first of <laughs> all, that's contradictory to governmental law. Number one. And then number two, it completely breaks the eighth commandment, which is thou shalt not steal. <laughs> so, yeah. so, um, you know, at, that, that is not supported, um, in a governmental, uh, type of setting. And it's definitely not supported in a, in a biblical setting. So when he's saying be submissive to rulers and authorities is, you know, as a, as a citizen of whatever, governmental authority you're under as a believer, we are held to that authority. We're held to those laws. Like in America, we have, we have citizen laws, we have societal laws, we have national laws, um, and traffic laws. And those are things that we submit to when you speed, you break the law, you suffer consequences. Um, and so that's what he's talking about there. Um, and, and when he goes on to say like, avoid foolish controversies, like we have all seen in the past 24 hours, probably some status on Facebook where the comments got out of control because of something really silly that somebody said and presented it in a way that it was quote gospel, you know, like this is the right way. And unfriend me if you're going to disagree and all that kind of stuff, which <laughs> Just like, he's, which also goes asking for it, really. Which also goes back to our cancel culture episode, which aired a week or two ago. Yeah, two weeks ago. So that's a good one. After this one, you should check that out. But you know, it's it's so important to understand 
that, and we're going to read another um, biblical example of where it's talked about, politics are talked about, but yeah, we are, we are to be submissive to rulers and authorities because that's, that's the environment that we've been placed in. Like the Lord has Michael and I in our city, in our state, where we are in our environment, the job that Michael goes to all those things daily, we submit to laws and rules, both governmental and biblically. And those are things that need to be obeyed. That's what we're called to do. Yeah. My, my biggest thing, what really sticks out to me is verse two of that passage, Titus three, two, to speak evil of no one, avoid quarreling, to be gentle and to show perfect courtesy towards all people. I think that one jumps out at me because I see so little of that Mm, in some of these discourses, especially online. I feel like we've talked about it before, but if you're, if you're putting a political controversial thing on Facebook, just stop and delete it before you post <laughs> yeah. it because just no one is no one is benefited by that. It doesn't show courtesy and your comment section definitely will not have any courtesy mm. in it. Yeah. It's just it's just quarrelsome. It just goes against this passage altogether. So next time you think of doing that, please just don't do it. I I know it can <laughs> write it in your journal or something. <laughs> I know it can feel like you know, you're like super amped and you just got to say it and all this kind of stuff. And very rarely, I think when we have like when we feel compelled to say something that has like angered us or like gotten us all riled up is really something that we need to put out on the Internet, which is like why I'm not on Twitter because it's just a hot mess. But I'm on Twitter, but I'm strictly an observer. <laughs> I find it's much more enjoyable that way. But I just you know, it's, it's like, because, because, you know, I've, I've been guilty of it where I put something up there and I'm like, Oh, that was really, really dumb. Or like I'm on the app time hop and it it gives you like all these things that happened one year ago, two years ago, three years ago. And I look back to like 10 years ago and I'm like, that was really dumb. I can't believe I, I put that out for everybody else to, to read or see. And it's just take a step back collect ourselves. Is this something that would hold against the word? Like, is it something that is of God? And you know, if it's not, then leave it be. Yep. And I just go back to the, like, what makes you different in this world? Like we're in this society, we are called to be in the world, but not of it. Mm -hmm. And what could make you pop out, like stand out in a crowd more than being overly kind and having good, positive, uplifting discussions about politics and a bunch of other things too. But I think people will notice that kind of thing and ask, hey, something's different about that person. Yeah. So if you are doing that, that can be a really good opportunity to maybe witness to somebody. And, you know, it all started with talking about the changing of the president or something. You never know. Yeah. Another uh, scripture, another passage that talks about politics is uh, Matthew twenty two fifteen through 22. And it says, then the Pharisees went and plotted how to entangle him in his words. And they sent their dis- disciples to him along with Herodians saying, teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God truthfully. And you do not care about anyone's opinions for you are not swayed by appearances. Tell us then what you think. 
Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why put me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. And Jesus said to them, Whose likeness is on whose likeness and inscription is this? They said, Caesar's. Then he said to them, Therefore, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard it, they marveled, and they left him and went away. So what this is talking about is when in this day, and it's it's very parallel to what is happening today in politics, in governmental authority, they would have their their money would be you know, whatever Caesar was ruling or maybe like a famous past one um, that was really big and people like held in high regard, like their image, that person, that Caesar's image would be on the money. And so it's, you know, if you read a lot of different passages, it's like the tax collector and, and, you know, like money is, is mentioned, I think quite a few times and in, in the Bible and then like, what's the appropriate, like, you know, you know what I mean? But the point is, is that the coin reflected the image of the Caesar that was ruling, which God said, okay, that belongs to Caesar. What is in God's likeness, render to God. What's in God's likeness? Us. Us. <laughs> so render us, render our worship, when, render our submissiveness, render our heart to God above all else. Again, referring to what I said about the whole lawnmower thing, that doesn't mean that you disregard all governmental law because you felt like God said he needed you to do something outrageous. No. We as believers, we are to render, we are in the likeness of God. So we are to render our heart, our worship, our soul to him. What is, what is the likeness of the government, its laws, its authority, the way that society is structured, Render that submissiveness to that authority. So that's kind of a a picture of the relationship that Jesus is talking about between governmental law and, and what is basically the law of the Bible. And, and when you, when you dig deeper, we know that in Exodus, we're given the 10 commandments. And then in Matthew five through seven, Jesus gives his whole sermon on the Mount, which then actually goes and makes it even harder to, to like follow, to obey, to submit um, to the Ten Commandments because it further deepens the meaning of the Ten Commandments. Yeah, and he lo- he like ups the ante for the standard. Yeah, standard. Yeah. So, as believers, we are not only called to submit to the governmental authority. But then we're also called to submit to a biblical authority, which is an even higher standard and it's harder to do. So like that, that person, or if you are that person, you know, like me who put something really silly up on social media and you're like, oh, why did I do that? You're putting the importance in government and politics and, and saying, you know, this is important and and we should be fighting for right and fair and all that stuff, which is, which they're all good things. They're all good things. But we also have to keep in mind that as believers, we are called to an even higher standard and back going back to Titus, when it says, you know, to avoid foolish controversies, like we are called to not enter that 
we are called to not put those things on social media or to fish for an argument with a spouse, a family member, a coworker. We are called to rise above all of the just nasty political engagement that's going on right now. Yeah. And I think it's really important. It seems like, you know, it kind of might sound like we're going on a big, long tangent, but we want to really bring it back to how does this relate to marriage? Yeah. And really what it comes down to is, you know, if, if you guys are exactly the same politically, then this isn't as big of a, an issue. But if you have major differences or any like item to item differences, it's just really important to remember what's important and what is trivial in the scheme of things. Mm. Like got to put God first. Number one, that will, that will just automatically bring everything else into the proper priority. And therefore it won't get you quite as riled up. You know, if, if God is in his proper place at the center of your life and the center of your relationship, then these types of things just don't hold as much power. Yeah. And they're not as big of a temptation to let them just totally take you for a ride in terms of anger and flipping out at each other and stuff like that. Yeah. But, but if, if you do happen to have completely different sides of the issue or political parties, the biggest thing is just, like we said, Titus 3, 2, avoid quarreling, be gentle and show perfect courtesy towards, I'm going to say your wife or husband on this particular one. Yeah. Yeah. And it says to all. So, but yeah, just it for years, for your spouse, like Michael said, in your marriage, in your, as an individual, like as a Christian, God is the center. After that, it's your spouse. You know, if you're, if you're married, if you're listening to this and you're married is your spouse for us after that, it's our family. We have kids after that. It could be friends. It's well, it's the rest of the family. Yeah. It could be like our, our church community, yeah. you know, our friends. My point in saying all this is like, we're down to like number four or five and I haven't mentioned politics yet. <laughs> right. So having the umbrella at the top, be God and his word will then put everything else in its appropriate place. And so when I hear that marriages have ended due to political differences, I'm just like, no. Why? How did you let it get that way? Why? Like, how did we get so far down this awful rabbit hole that we have elevated politics to a savior's position? Guys. Snap out of it. What is happening? Like, seriously, we've we've heard stories of friendships of 30 years ending because that person voted for a certain person and they didn't like it. We have gotten to a place where we have made politics our God. And when that happens, everything crumbles. And the reason being is because it's not solid ground and it's constantly changing. And people are saying things and doing things to benefit themselves. Therefore... It's not a reliable thing to place your hope and faith and trust in. Yeah. It, I mean, it'll disappoint you every time <laughs> because everything will, aside from actual God, like every single thing, if your, if your spouse is your, if your, your idol or God, whatever, yeah. little G God, if your spouse is that, you're going to be disappointed. If it's money, if it's objects, you know, it's eventually going to disappoint. Yeah. And we're, it sounds like we're really ragging on politics. 
We are. Um, <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, we're, so we're not, we're not saying that, you know, don't get into politics, don't care about it, all that stuff. We shouldn't fight for fair truth and honesty and all that stuff. Politics is perfectly fine to get involved in and to fight for the betterment of, of holding people to a higher standard and seeking the truth and things like that. What we're saying is, is that politics have an appropriate place in one's life. And we just have to be so careful because the few times that I watched the news in the past six months, I got like enthralled. Michael's like, can you turn that off? And I was like, just one more minute. <laughs> but I've created a monster. <laughs> so it's it's just placing that in its appropriate like ranking of what's most important in the grand scheme of eternity, because politics will not save you and voting for the right person will not save you just won't. And that's, I think, a lie that we've subconsciously bought into. Yeah. It's like, oh, this person's in office now. You know, whatever election it is, it's, I'm not just referring to this specific one, whatever, whatever election it is like, oh yeah, my, my person got elected and, and they're going to save me and they're out to fight for me. And it's like, you know what? People who get into politics are pretty selfish and do a lot of things to get ahead. Well, they're human. We're all selfish. <laughs> right. <laughs> they're just uh, a little more public about it. <laughs> yeah. So thinking that somebody who now sits in the presidential seat is going to save you is very misplaced trust and hope and faith. And it's, it's not, we need to do a heart check. If that, if like I'm believing in that, I need to take a step back and do a heart check on that one for sure. Yeah, for sure. And I, I can't, we can't be on this subject without me also kind of getting on a little bit of uh, tackling something related to this because I'm hearing so often somebody else say something and then you have no idea if it's true or not, mm. whether it's from this news corporation or this news corporation. And if it came from this one, it can't be true because they're always lying and blah, blah, blah. But I hate seeing the like, like truth be attacked and stuff. Um, now when it comes to news reports and stuff, that kind of is like, like we said, everything's biased and in its own way. But when we're talking about kind of the bigger truth, capital T, if you will, Mm -hmm. there is truth. There is absolute truth in this world. And we know as Christians where it comes from, it comes from God and it's illustrated in the Bible, but don't kind of get that twisted of like, because like worldly truths and news stories are hard to pick apart in terms of what's happening, but there is truth overall, like overarching truth. Right. And don't lose that. Right. Yeah. Like reading an article, like my opinions.com. Well, they said this and I think it's true. It's like, no, like, well, I heard this news story on this news station and it's true because they said it. No, <laughs> like no. these are all opinionated people with a platform and that's that. Uh, so you have to do a lot more digging uh, than just a few news stories and a few sources to figure out the truth. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of times the truth and certain things are not revealed and you just, you just have to say, all right, Lord, you're in control. You're in control. And, and I do want to say when something that I've really been challenged with um, as a believer and as somebody who votes and, um, when it's that time to vote, you know, every, 
every four years and every two years and when the opportunity arises. I think until recently, I've lost sight of, okay, what's the appropriate way to go about selecting my choices, you know, on whatever is being brought to the table, even down to smaller things that affect like our city or our county and things like that. Yeah. One guy said he's going to bring a a Chick-fil-A to our town and I immediately voted for him. (laughs) (laughs) What I was convicted about was what I need to do as a citizen of the United States and who can vote is to research the people that are on the ballot, um, whether they're my choices or not, they're on the ballot, research what their platform is, like actually do the research and not like, hey, Susie told me that this person was going to do this, that, and the other when they're in office. Like Susie may be great and well-intentioned, but I need to go to the source as best as I can and figure out what it is that they're going to do when they're, if they're in office. Um, And then, you know, like I said, the smaller things that affect like my county or my state, um, do that research, pray over those choices, hold that stuff against the word while they will not measure up. I'll tell you that right now. There will be one choice that's better than the other. And I, I believe that that is kind of the appropriate way to go about to vote. I think when we get into like, well, this person said this or this person looks like that or this person went to this school, things that don't necessarily hold much weight when I need to know what they want to accomplish, if that makes sense. Yeah. So within that, you know, Michael and I actually sat down this time for voting and we like talked through everything. Yeah. And we were like like, two hours. It was. Yeah. And so we were like, Oh, I don't know about that. Like, let's go do our research or like, I don't know, this choice makes me uncomfortable. Um, and you know, even like Michael's like, well, I'm going to do this. And I was like, well, I don't know if I want to do that. I might want to choose the other thing. And, but it was so good for us to talk about it. Yeah. And to, and to also understand that like, God's in control. No matter what I choose, God's in control of everything. And it may, some days it may not feel like it, but he really is. And so it was, I just want to encourage you if you're, if you're married, because we do have some single people listening. When it comes to that time to vote or, you know, you just, you like to talk about politics and it seems to be a divisive subject between you and your spouse. Maybe go back to the basics, which actually leads us into our challenge, which is to sit down with your spouse in the next seven days and to talk about politics and what place it actually has in your marriage. Because for some people it's really high and it needs to be brought down a little bit. And maybe for other people, they don't even think about it and maybe they might want to be more involved. Um, Yeah. And I would say it it can be a higher, it can be a high ish priority if you like, if it doesn't cause conflict and stuff, Yeah, but if it's causing active conflict and separation in your marriage, it needs to be brought down a lot for sure in your own personal life. For sure. And if it's a divisive thing where you and your spouse due to the last, you know, four years, eight years, 12 years, whatever it might be, it's become a sore point in your relationship. I would, I would really encourage you to take a step back um, and, and really just kind of talk about like, Hey, I think we're kind of off kilter a little bit with politics and 
And I think we hold some really strong opinions and let's go to the word and see what it says. And, and at the same time, while you're working through that, cause it's not going to be like an overnight, Hey, we're cured. Politics yeah. has its right place. Cause this is a very passionate thing, um, is to be in prayer about it. Ask the Lord to soften your heart and unite you and your spouse, not to, Hey, soften my spouse's heart because I want them to come over to my page and, and think like me. That's not going to happen. That prayer won't be answered. Um, and also realize that prayers take a little bit longer than a couple of days <laughs> to make some transformation. Yeah. Um, I think we get weary when we're like, all right, Lord, please make this change. And then you're like a week later and you're like, well, hey, where's the change? Yeah, God, come on. Um, we're talking about like serious, deep rooted heart stuff. So it takes time. So just be, you know, persevere through like continual prayer. Keep, keep going back to it. Really, truly asking the Lord to soften your heart. Yeah. And I, I think that sums it up really well. Just as you're going out there, keep in mind, just show perfect courtesy towards all people, be gentle and avoid quarreling where at all possible. And that's how you stand out. And that's, that's that joy that we have as believers. So keep it in mind. Yeah. And especially towards your loved ones. And I do want to say if you and your spouse are really struggling with it, it's been like a really divisive thing as of late, please reach out. Like we want to help. We do not want to hear another story of a marriage has failed because of politics. Um, please reach out to us, reach out to a trusted, um, a, another trusted couple that are believers who can help you walk through that. Yeah. It's just so, so important. Um, and we just, we're here for you. We're praying for you. We're advocating for you in your marriage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With all of that said, thank you for sticking to the end. We're very, very passionate about this. Yeah, that one was uh, that one was a doozy. It was. Like I, we delivered on the promise earlier on. <laughs> but I think it was. I think it's needed. I think it's needed for oh, yeah. us and for others. And that's one of the big things about that we've learned through the show is that hard conversation. Like, if you have a marriage where you never have a hard conversation, you're just skirting that really shallow water, and you're never going to really get mm. to that deep stuff. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's good to have a hard conversation here and there. Yeah. So don't we're be, not fans don't of it in the meantime, but <laughs> yeah, don't be afraid of the hard conversation and don't be afraid to tackle things that you guys don't agree on. Yeah. So this might be one of them. Yeah. Most likely you'll differ somewhere. For sure. So with that, we're leaving you guys <laughs> to think for a whole week on that one. We will see you next week. Thanks you guys for listening. Bye.